Hi, and welcome to the Savvy Social Hour podcast. This show is for female biz babes looking to up-level their business and become rockstar entrepreneurs in no time. I'm your host, Jenny, and I'm so excited to chat with you about today's episode. Let's get right into it. Savvies, welcome back to another episode of the Savvy Social Hour podcast. I'm here today with Ashley Mason. Ashley Mason, founder of Dash of Social, is a social media consultant who works with women entrepreneurs to create, create and execute social media strategies that attract their dream clients, amplify their online presence, and grow an engaged and loyal following. Through the experience she has, she has been able to double her client social media followings grow their email list by 20%, land media gigs, and sign on new clients. Ashley has been featured in the renowned global brands such as HuffPost, Thrive Global, and Sway Magazine. I am so excited to have Ashley here today to talk all about attracting your dream clients on social media, so let's dive right in. Hi, Ashley. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're here, and I can't wait to chat more about attracting your dream clients with social media with you. So before we dive into the episode, tell us a little bit about yourself and your business and how you got started doing it all. Hey, Jenny. Thanks for having me. I'm a social media consultant at Dash of Social, so I typically work with women entrepreneurs who have service-based businesses, and I help them to really build social media strategies based off of the goals that, that they want to accomplish, such as getting more clients and customers. Um, I got started in social media because I started a blog Oh God, probably like six years ago now. Um, and as my blog started to grow organically through social media, I got the opportunity to work with more and more companies to do sponsored content similar to what you still do. Um, and so as I started to get those opportunities, I realized that many of those companies barely had a social media presence and really relied on influencers to get their word out about their companies. And so since I kind of was able to grow my blog through social media, I was like, hey, I guess I kind of know a thing or two. So I offered to work with the companies that I already had relationships with to kind of do some pro bono work. So I helped them to build social media strategies and also manage their accounts for them just so I could get some more experience. And then everything just kind of grew from there. And here I am now. <laughs> yeah, no, that yeah, I remember your blog that you previously had. And I always wondered, I was like, why did she stop doing that? But it makes sense. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's very time consuming to do both. And I still do both, which is a little crazy at times. My own stuff now, but um, you know, I, I do it still because I do enjoy it, but I can understand like why it was like, you know, one or the other for you and most people probably if they definitely yeah so it's very cool that you kind of mentioned that you started doing things pro bono because a lot of people kind of you know say that's not the right way to go about it they're like no you need to get paid and while while I agree with that I think pro bono work can be beneficial in some cases as well so um tell me a little bit more about your decision like to kind of go with that versus you know just doing like a smaller fee yeah definitely so when I had started I personally didn't feel comfortable charging someone to do something that I wasn't even 100% positive I was capable of doing. So by kind of offering this pro bono work, I was really able to not only help the company out, but also get further experience. And it just opened up so much more, I guess, learning for me because I was really able to understand 
everything that goes into managing someone's social media and building a strategy for them. So I was really able to get a really great grasp on how long it would take me so that when I did eventually start charging clients, I kind of knew what I should be charging based off of how much time I was spending and how much research it took and everything like that. But in the beginning, I just didn't really feel comfortable making someone pay me for something that I had never even really done for a brand besides my own. So by really doing it for free, um, even though it does kind of sound bad and I absolutely understand other people's viewpoints on it, but by doing something for free, I was able to feel more comfortable about it. And then um, I really made sure to kind of have like a specific contract. So I only did the pro bono work for, I think it was maybe like anywhere from a month to three months, depending on the company. Mm -hmm. But after that time ended, then they would end up signing on for like a reduced rate. So it's not like I was doing it for like ever, (laughs) but it just kind of helped to get my feet wet. (laughs) Yeah, no. And in that, in that way that you put it like a month to three months, that's kind of like an internship period. So I think of it as an internship kind of situation because, you know, a lot of marketing internships aren't even really paid these days still because you know, I, I found some, like most of them were not, but there, I found a couple that were like $10 an hour or something, but a lot of marketing industry internships are unpaid. So I kind of think of it in that way. You're getting the experience. It's sort of like an internship without the official intern title, you know? Exactly. And it wasn't really costing me any money to do it because I wasn't, it wasn't like I was actually like driving or traveling to whatever company I was working for. These companies were like all over the country. So I was literally, literally just like doing it in my home. (laughs) So it'd be different if I was like spending gas money or I had to go places. But since it was all remote work, it was something that really worked for me. Yeah, no, that makes so much sense. And I think that's something I would have considered if I didn't already, because I, by the time I started doing this, I was already out of college. So I had gotten a job in social media marketing Mm -hmm. because of my blog. And then I leveraged it from there. So I think it's something I would have considered if I didn't have that corporate experience already. So, you know, if you're just starting out and you don't have the corporate experience for social media marketing or marketing in general, you know, that's a good way to start building your clientele and getting those testimonials without having to have like tons of prior experience. I definitely agree with you there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I said, that's something I probably would have done if I didn't have that corporate experience already. But since I did, I was like, okay, I feel like I need to charge something, maybe not as extensive as it is now because it's a little more expensive than it was, of course, a year ago. But um, just to kind of, you know, still make money um, because I did have that, you know, I was finished with college and I had some corporate experience as well. But yeah, if you're, you know, looking to break into social media marketing and you don't have that experience already, you know, don't be discouraged about doing a little bit of free work. It's not going to kill you. (laughs) It will only give you more experience. And like, that's something I like to tell people. Like a lot of people are like, no, you should only do pay work. And it's like, hmm. You know, it just really depends like how comfortable you are. You shouldn't tell people, yes, you should do this or no, you shouldn't. It should be based on how comfortable that person is with charging or not charging or whatever. I mean, of course they shouldn't do that forever because that's just doing themselves a disservice, but just like in the meantime, while they're trying to gain the knowledge and those skills, you know, taking on one or two pro bono clients isn't going to kill you. So that's yeah, exactly. <laughs> So in that same vein, why do you think social media is important for us connecting with our potential clients? Like what can we do on social media 
to connect with those clients, whether we're going the free or paid route um, in the beginning? Yeah. So I always say that getting clients from social media does not happen right away. It may take months, maybe even over a year before you finally start getting clients from social media because it's really meant for building brand awareness and establishing relationships, which makes sense because that's why social media was started in the first place before all these brands took it over. But it was meant for staying in touch with the people that you were close to, whether it was friends and family that were maybe lived 10 minutes away from you or friends and family that lived halfway across the world. It was really meant for keeping those human relationships intact. And so that's one huge focus that I've been working on with my clients and myself is just really working on building relationships with the people that you would love to work with because that helps to build that know, like, and trust factor. And people do business with people that they know, like, and trust. Mm -hmm. So once people feel like they know you, they end up liking you. And once they like you, they trust you. And then it makes it so much easier for them to hire you. So really focusing on finding your ideal clients through social media and starting that initial relationship, which always um, involves giving value before expecting anything in return is how you can really get the first step in landing clients and making money through social media. Yeah, no, that's really true because you need to really like let them know that you are good at what you do by utilizing social media to share your expertise, whether that's via you know, a text post on Instagram, a blog post on live streams, you know, any type of method that you prefer to get the content out, just sharing that with them for free before they feel comfortable probably committing to working with you, at least from my experience. Yeah, I feel the same exact way. And it's, it gets a little tricky I've noticed for some business owners to understand that because they think that by having simply having accounts on social media it'll generate all these leads and even though you will get leads from social media it's not something that happens right away and I think sometimes people get so tunnel visioned at looking at the money aspect and not necessarily looking at the human aspect of it so if you let as you basically just mentioned, if you really look at how you can provide values, value, whether it's sharing tips or giving your advice or talking about a failure that you had that can therefore help someone else kind of prevent themselves from making that same mistake, any way you can really provide value through social media will get you that much closer to making more money and working with more people. Yeah, no, that's very spot on. And I will tell you guys right now, I didn't start getting inquiries from like, now I get them from Instagram and Pinterest mostly. Um, of course, I did on Facebook, but I, that was a, that's a different thing for a different day. But um, Instagram and Pinterest, I started getting like DMs or like people would say, oh, I found you on Pinterest. You know, I really want to work with you because I like what you're doing here or that kind of thing. So it took about a year or so for people to really start coming to me on those platforms. Um, the prior way that I was getting clients was via Facebook groups, which is still social media, but it's a little bit different because people were either referring me or I was like sharing my knowledge of Facebook groups and people were like, Oh, Hey, I want to hear more about this. So it's a little different. It's still social media, but like I didn't have people reaching out to me directly. I had to go and put myself out there in those Facebook groups. So just a clarification, but basically what I'm saying is I didn't start getting those direct reach outs on social media or even in my inbox until at least six to eight months of constantly putting myself out there, making myself visible, sharing my free knowledge. And then I started getting those 
either referrals or people who were actually just interested instead of me saying, hey, I'd love to work with you. I see you're looking for a social media manager. So it's not going to happen immediately, but that's just kind of laying the groundwork for it to happen in the future. Yes, exactly, exactly. And I love that you mentioned that it took you about six to eight months because it's so true. I mean, it may differ depending on what people's industries are, but getting inquiries is not something that's going to happen overnight. And as you just said, it really involves showing up every single day and being consistent and the value that you're providing to people and it will come. But I always have to say that people just need to be patient because their day will come, but it won't be right away. Yeah, it's really important because a lot, especially with social media, a lot of people expect instantaneous results, whether that's in follows, likes, comments, but that's not always how it's going to work, like especially on things like Pinterest. Like it takes at least two to three months to start really seeing traction. Like you'll see traction the first month, but it's nothing compared to what it can be. You just have to keep going for it and being consistent. And then, you know, things will start building, whether it's, you know, followers, likes, comments, or things like getting um, inquiries in your inbox. Exactly. So tell us a little bit how you personally use social media to, you know, attract those people that you want to work with. Like, what do you do? Um, Do you actually reach out to them? Do you just attract them with your messaging? Like, what does that look like for you? So one thing that I had started with, which you had mentioned, is Facebook groups. So I know it's, like you had said, it's different than social media because you're physically responding to other people's inquiries about needing someone to work with them or people are referring you. But Facebook groups have been a really beneficial way for me to not only get clients, but also build relationships. I've met so many awesome female entrepreneurs in Facebook groups, and then And there's also been entrepreneurs in Facebook groups who have referred me to work with someone and I've never even like known that person before, but they still referred me. So it's like when things like that happen, it's it's kind of like an indescribable feeling because you're like, wow, I don't even know this person in there out there. But Facebook groups really is where it started for me. And now I've really shifted more to focus on Instagram and my Facebook page. So the Facebook page, one thing that I'm starting to do actually um, it's about to be my third week I'm doing this thing called Tuesday Truths where one week I kind of talk about maybe like 10 to 15 minutes about a specific topic that's just either sharing my own experience about something in marketing or providing advice about something and then the following week I invite a guest on to go live with me so that we can talk about um, anything involving marketing. So again, it's just really giving that value and showing up consistently every week. And then with Instagram, I rarely promote myself, but it's funny because I find the less I promote myself, the more I get inquiries. So it's I really just honestly share who I am as a person. So whether it's sharing about something that I did in my life that day or talking about a success that I had or talking about a failure that I had and how other people can learn from my mistakes. But just being vulnerable is what has really helped me to attract my clients that I'd love to work with. And even just like connecting with people. I'm always responding to people's Instagram stories, always commenting on their photos and just being really genuine. And I think at the end of the day, just showing people who you are and showing how authentic you are is what will really end up drawing people to you. Yeah, I think that's really important, just like driving home the authenticity note, because it's just, it's one of those things that people connect with people. They don't connect with your products. They don't connect with your services. They connect with you genuinely. So I feel like 
in most instances when I was just talking about something that had nothing to do with my business is when people were reaching out to me about, you know, services and stuff, which is so funny because you think that it would be when you're promoting a deal or you're promoting, you know, just certain services that you offer. But it's really like when you're actually just talking about mundane life activities, because you're like, wow, like I agree with that. Like someone and I bonded over Chick-fil-A the other day and it was like, really silly, <laughs> but it was like, oh my God, like, we love Chick-fil-A. Cool. And it was just like one of those yeah. things that like started that conversation versus just like, oh, you know, how much are your, pro- like, how much is this service? How much is your social media management package? It was more so like, you know, building that relationship and then, oh, I see you do social media. You know, what, what kind of things do you offer? I need help with this, this, and this. So it just helped like build that relationship and, you know, get them to know me a little better more than just as a social media strategist and more as like a human being. Exactly. And another thing that I started doing, which I had actually kind of secured these through Instagram, but I started setting up networking calls because people come to me a lot and they're like, I need a life coach. Who do you recommend? Or I need a business coach. Like, who do you suggest? And it's people were, were asking me all of these different referral questions. And at one point I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even like know who to recommend to them. I don't think I know anyone. Mm -hmm. So I started reaching out to a bunch of people I follow on Instagram and just setting up honest networking calls with them. So there was no pitch from either of us. We just wanted to learn more about um, each other and what we did and what types of people we worked with. And then I actually ended up tracking all of that in a spreadsheet. So now when someone asked me like, oh, I'm looking for this type of person to work with. Who do you suggest? I just refer back to that spreadsheet. But those networking calls ended up working out really well for me because the people that I connected with now know me as a social media consultant. And so they've ended up referring people to me just because they remember the phone call we had. So sometimes it just really involves taking that first step with um, building that relationship with people. Because I know sometimes people are like, oh, how do I reach out to someone without seeming like I'm pitching them or being like awkward? And I'm like, you just have to do it. As long as you're showing that you're coming from a place of authenticity, it'll be okay. Yeah, no, that's a great idea. So I don't do something exactly like that, but sometimes I'll have coffee chats with people in different industries, like graphic designers and things like that, just so I can like get to know them better potentially form a relationship and then, you know, kind of make it a referral, a referral building, you know, type of thing where I can refer them, they can refer me, um, and things like that. Or even in the future, since I am in the process of actually turning my business into more of an agency style. So more so me doing certain things and then having other people to do, you know, different tasks for me than like saying, Oh, Hey, I'm looking to hire a graphic designer on my team. That'll be about this many hours a month. Are you interested? You can still do your own business, um, on your own terms and stuff, but you know, just for my clients that need some graphic design help, would you want to help with that since I do like, um, like big VA packages where it's like all inclusive, like anything they want basically that we offer and just kind of having them on my team as a contractor. So they're not bound to just doing my work, but just that kind of thing. So I'm still like able to give them work while also building that relationship with my clients as well. Yeah. And it's, it's so funny that you mentioned that honestly, because I actually started working with another business coach about a month ago, and that's the direction that I'm going into is really um, trying to service people as best as I can. And so just almost providing that 
all-inclusive type of company where people can come to you and get not only just social media help, but also other marketing services. So that's another reason why those mar- um, those networking calls have become so helpful to me is because I've been doing the same thing with just seeing if these are potential contractors that I'd like to work with and even refer out to my clients if they have a bigger project that wouldn't fall under me. Yeah, no, it's, it's really helpful. And it's been really beneficial to me to have those people that I can be like, Hey, you know, I'm opening up a position for this. It'll be this many hours a month. Like, are you interested after like, I'm not just randomly cold pitching them. We talked at least once or twice, you know, exactly. There's Instagram posts or something. We do some kind of interaction on a, you know, monthly basis or something just to kind of build those connections. Cause you know, it's easier to hire people who you've spoken with a few times and someone you don't know anything about. So, right. Um, yeah. So in that, actually, I kind of wanted you to talk about your dash of visibility. I think that's like a really, really cool thing that you've implemented. And, um, I have a membership community that actually just launched today, um, to my VIP list. So it's not available to everyone yet, but, um, I'm doing something kind of similar in that. So not like with my entire email list, but just the people who are in that community kind of building those connections. Like, Ooh, is anyone looking for a virtual summit guest or a podcast guest? So within that little small paid community, then they have like those opportunities at their fingertips. So talk a little bit about your, um, dash of visibility. I cannot speak today, dash of visibility program and kind of like how that works. Um, and I, cause I think that's a really cool initiative that you started and I didn't, I haven't seen anything like it on a free level. I've seen more paid things like that. So I'm curious mm-hmm. to kind of hear more about that and tell my audience more about that. Yeah. So it was last August. I realized that I wanted to help people with marketing for free because there was often so many people that I spoke to that really wanted the marketing help, but just couldn't afford to work with me in in the capacity that they needed and I didn't want to discount my services to help them but I was like I'd be willing to help them for free depending on what exactly it would be mm-hmm. and so I started thinking I was like what can I do um, that would be not that wouldn't take much time out of my life but would also be equally beneficial to them. So I started brainstorming, and at the time I didn't want to start a Facebook group, um, which is ironic because now I have a Facebook group, (laughs) but I didn't want to start it back then, and I was like, what can I do that's not a Facebook group? And so I kind of just came up with with this idea because as you have probably realized, podcasts are becoming huge, and everyone and anyone wants to be on a podcast. And so I kind of realized that. I was like, you know what? what about these visibility opportunities where I can just easily connect people to these opportunities such as writing a guest post or being a guest on a podcast or being an expert on a summit, anything that will put their themselves in front of like their target market was something that I really felt passionate about. So I ended up starting it last August and it somehow just like blew up. I, I remember I started like on a Friday afternoon my phone was like going crazy with people messaging me for the link. But it all just kind of started from there with the fact that I wanted to provide people with value for free. And I would honestly find all these opportunities just by like through Twitter. Like Twitter is my absolute favorite social media platform. So I would tweet to people who had podcasts or business focused blogs or even summits if I came across them and was just like, hey, are you hopping to look look for guests for this? I have a whole bunch of women who'd be jumping at the scene to do this for you. So it just kind of really 
it just, I guess, grew from there. And now it's something that I really look forward to doing. And I love being able to kind of provide those opportunities for people who may not necessarily have a marketing budget at this point, because being a marketing myself, I know how important it is for growing a business and getting your, those eyeballs on you. So that's where it all kind of happened from. Yeah, no, I, I, whatever you said that you started that about a year ago and I saw it, I was like, wow, this is a great idea. Like, um, and a lot of the time, like I said, most of the time it's not a free opportunity. So that's mm. very like nice of you to do. And it's actually how I got a lot of my first guests on the podcast. I just emailed Ashley and was like, Hey, like I have a podcast <laughs> that I'm launching soon. And then I got an overwhelming amount of inquiry. Oh I was like, Holy cow, this is amazing. But at the same time, it's a little overwhelming. Um, but you know, if you guys need any guest experts for summits, your blog, your live streams that you want to host in your Facebook group, um, podcast guests, anything like that, just reach out to Ashley. Like she has really great um, connection with your audience. And, you know, everyone wants to be visible these days, you know, who doesn't want to like be visible for no cost at all. I mean, at least I know that's a good opportunity for me. Um, and me and my friend Lindsay actually have a virtual summit coming up. So we're going to be submitting to Ashley for that. Well, Well, that is perfect because it's so funny that you mentioned that your inbox blew up with people wanting to hear your podcast because, because your podcast is one of like my most popular opportunities that I sent out. I mentioned that people always love podcasts. And so whenever I get a podcast opportunity, I'm like, Oh my gosh, yes, people are going to love this. (laughs) And so they loved yours. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was crazy, but it was really nice because I got to meet a lot of people and a lot of them were actually local to Boston, which was cool too. Cause I, I know you're from that area as well. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Oh, I was like, how do you know Ashley? Cause they said that's how they found you. And they're like, Oh, we're actually from Boston or whatever. I was like, oh, this, that's so cool. Like <laughs> really cool how you have like, you know, people who weren't just in Boston and people who were, you know, all over the world, but like a lot of them ended up being from Boston. So I was like, Oh, this is really cool. It's a cool opportunity. And then now it's like, I've made people who are now like, you know, friends, because we just talked on the podcast for 45 minutes. So it was a really cool opportunity. And I would have never connected with a lot of those people without that. So if you guys have anything coming up, definitely check out the Dash of Visibility opportunity because it's really, really cool. Um, so that was a big <laughs> side note, but I did want to share that with everyone. Thank um, you. So let's kind of jump back into the question. So how can we use social media personally to attract our dream clients? So we kind of talked about what you do, but like, do you have any tips for what our, we can do as, you know, either service-based businesses to kind of start attracting our dream clients on social media? So I would say the first thing to really think about is being consistent. So I know we all get bursts of motivation. We're like, oh, I'm going to sit down at my desk and write social media posts or blog posts. And it happens. And so we end up writing out all these posts. We feel good. And then, you know, a couple of days later, we're like, yeah, we're done with that idea. And so I think just finding the time to be consistent and it definitely is not going to feel natural to you at the time, but really just being as consistent as you can. Maybe it's only, maybe your consistency only consists of, doing it for one, like one social media post per day. That's totally okay. As long as you find a consistency that works good for you and feels good to you, that's what it's all about. You need to really show up because that's how you end up getting that brand awareness and getting your business in front of the people that you'd like to work with. Another thing is engagement. So I always say 
it's not called social media just because. It's because you're meant to be social. So it really involves taking the time to comment and like on photos in your, through your Instagram feed or even with Facebook groups, I was talk, as we talked about earlier. Provide value where you can. You, don't, you can't just expect that just because you are putting social media posts up that people are just going to come flocking to you. It's really a two-way street. So just being as engaging as you can and taking – I do at least 30 minutes per day, not only for myself, but for my clients where 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the afternoon and 10 minutes at night before I go to bed, I'm on their Instagram accounts and my Instagram account, just scrolling through the feed and liking, commenting on people's posts. And that kind of leads to my third tip, which is just building those relationships. So relationships come from engagement. Um, so just really making the time to show people that you're being authentic and genuine and that's where those relationships start. But another great idea is doing hashtag research. So especially with Instagram, hashtags are huge for reaching your ideal clients. And so taking the time to really do research and figure out which hashtags would be best for you to reach the people that you would love to work with is big because then by using these hashtags, your posts are getting seen on like at least 10 times the amount of people who would see it if you just didn't use hashtags. So just really knowing and targeting where your audience would be is really, really important. Yeah, I definitely agree with that as well. That's that's really important to keep in mind. Um, so I know a lot of, I, in a previous episode, I think it was episode 36, I spoke about social media automation. And a lot of people have some opinions on this and say, oh, well, it might, it's not like genuine or authentic. But um, I'm you know, to me, that's not really the case if you're using schedulers and stuff. So what tools, if any, do you use to aid you on social media to make your life easier so you're not posting at 3 p.m. on the dot every day? <laughs> so I really love Viral Tag, um, which many people haven't heard of, but it's a really great tool for me because I, I only use it actually to schedule Instagram and tweets. But I, it's really helpful to because me, I really love to batch write my content. So maybe like kind of depends on which day of the week I do this, depending on my schedule. But I, I'll set aside at least a few hours on one day to just write all of my posts for the week and schedule them out because I personally find that I can't just set aside time every single day to do this or else I really won't do it. <laughs> so I need to force myself to just sit in the same spot for a few hours and get it all done. But Viral Tag is really great for getting my posts scheduled in advance. That way, like you said, I'm not anxiously waiting by my phone to post at the right time. Um, I also love automation tools such as If This Then That, which is also known as IFTTT. Mm -hmm. But that really helps for if you're kind of posting like a tweet somewhere, then maybe it can get automatically posted to Facebook or vice versa. Um, but even using that to just get like data, like I actually spoke to someone who had a brilliant idea, but she set up an IFTTT recipe so that um, every, like she does her blog research through Twitter. She's an automation specialist, um, but basically she set up a recipe so that I think it targets like hashtags or keywords or something in tweets. And so each time this happens, she like fills a spreadsheet automatically of blog post ideas, which is like crazy. But just oh, wow. finding the tools that work for you is really important. And so I'd say that IFTTT and Viral Tag are probably my top two. But if I had another one that I were to use, I'd probably say Google Alerts. Mm -hmm. um, I do something similar as 
Lauren does with um, the recipe, but I use Google Alerts to find content to share. So Mm -hmm. um, I really recommend obviously posting articles that are relevant to your industry. And so I set up Google Alerts for keywords related to me. So I'll do like marketing, Facebook, Instagram, social media, social media marketing, a whole bunch of different things. And then I think maybe it's like twice a day or something. Google Alerts sends me emails containing articles with those keywords in there. And then I just have a whole bunch of content right in front of me that I can just sift through to post. So that's one thing that's really helpful. So that way I'm not wasting hours finding the perfect blog post to share. That's actually a great idea. So I've used um, Google Alerts. Like I used to have a restaurant client. So whenever he was in the media, I would share those on his different restaurants, like social medias and stuff. Um, so I used it in that way, but I never thought of using it to find like relevant industry articles. So I might have to check that out. Um, have you heard of Zapier or have you tried it before? That's kind of similar to IFTT. And I literally use it for everything because you can like, you know, add a tag on your email marketing platform. If you know, you can do all these things. You can, um, you know, add people to different things like at your email list or you can, do anything on social media. It's pretty, it's pretty similar to IFTTT. Yeah. That IFTTT. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's pretty similar to that, but it's really, really cool. I, I mean, if you haven't tried it yet, I recommend looking into it. Too. Yeah. I've heard of it, but I honestly haven't had the time to dive into it yet, but that's definitely one, one thing I want to look into because from the people that I know who've used it, they said that there's so many more options you can do with it than IFTTT. Yeah. Um, so that is something that I would definitely want to look into because anytime you can automate something is key. And that actually just reminded me of another software that I use. Um, I, it's not necessarily marketing. Well, I guess it kind of is, but I highly recommend using a CRM if you're not using one already. Mm-hmm. So I use 17 hats and okay. it has just like completely <laughs> changed my business. I don't know how I wasn't using something like this before. I, I think I may have started using it in like March. But literally, instead of using 50,000 websites and softwares to do what you need to do, you can just use one. And it's just like mind-boggling to me. So I automate all of my client workflows, contracts, invoices. I manage my leads through there. Like anything and everything you could ever possibly need, a CRM probably has. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I used Dubsado for mine. I mean, right now I'm only using it for workflows and um, contracts and things like that because I do invoices on FreshBooks just because um, Dubsado isn't quite there. You can invoice, but I just don't like the methods that they give for like payment and stuff like that. So I haven't quite jumped ship from FreshBooks yet and I don't know if I ever will, but it's really cool because you get your leads and then you can send like, an automatic email like, Hey, thanks for reaching out. Um, you know, feel free to book a discovery call if you have any more questions. Um, you know, and if you're interested in working together, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, so that's really cool. And another thing I wanted to note about Zapier is yeah, like you mentioned, there's definitely more than it can do than IFTTT. And one of the things that it does for me is anytime someone books an appointment with me, whether it's a discovery call or a podcast appointment, it automatically, puts it on my Google calendar. So everything goes automatically. And then I also have one set up that it goes from my Google calendar to my Asana um, account at the you know, correct time. So then I have it on Google calendar and Asana. So I only have to look at one or the other to know when all of my appointments are. 
So it, it's really smart. cool. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's amazing. And you can also like connect your Asana calendar to Google Calendar if you prefer that as well, um, which is really cool too. So there's a lot that you can do with it. And I think it's free up to like five or seven zaps that you have. And they'll not like seven total, but like seven different workflows of zaps. So you could have like seven different zaps going for seven different things. And it's like, you know, unlimited amounts per month for each of those, but it's just like, you can only have seven connected at once. But yeah, it's, it's really cool. I recommend you checking that out and everyone else too. Um, but yeah, so let's dive into the three questions that I ask everyone. So what does it mean for you to be an entrepreneur and what is your favorite part about it? So I think being an entrepreneur to me is just following your passion. So one thing that a lot of people don't know is that before I even got into social media and marketing, I always thought I would be working in the bank. <laughs> it's because I always loved counting money and I just loved numbers and everything. So that's the route that I thought I would go into. And once I realized through my passion that of uh, blogging, that social media is where I was really interested in, that's what changed everything for me. So instead of chasing money, chase your passion because the money will come afterwards. So that is what I would say is entrepreneurship to me. And I'd say my favorite part about entrepreneurship is just being able to, I mean, as cliche as it sounds, be my own boss. Mm -hmm. But it's just the fact that like, I can set the hours that I want to work. Like I wake up really, really early. And so I wake up at 4.15 so that I can go to the gym, but I'm starting my work by 6.30, 7 a.m. because that's when I feel most productive. And it's not like I'm forced to work within this nine to five um, time frame where people may not even be completely productive and useful. So it's like I'm really able to work around the times that are most productive for me. Mm -hmm. And just being able to... I guess feel as comfortable as I want. Like this morning I had a strategy session with a client and I literally did it in my pajamas because it was a phone call. So it's like just being able to not have to be forced to do things that don't feel right to me is probably the most important. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, you know, not having to work with people you don't want to work with, you can mm. you know, say no to clients that you don't feel will be a good fit that kind of thing is really cool to me too, because I know in my day job, I had to do things, a lot of things that I did not want to do. So um, it was nice to be able, when I got to this, you know, being my own boss, if I didn't want to do it, I didn't have to, or I could outsource it or something. Um, but it didn't have to be a part of my daily routine if I didn't want it to be. So exactly. And I'd say another big benefit, even though I have never worked at an agency before I do have friends that work at agencies so one thing that they've told me is that their max number of clients they can have is only 20 at that agency but they somehow have 30 clients right now and they're not getting paid extra for it so it's like if the more clients I get the more money I get from it so mm -hmm. it's like it's not like I'm confined or at some type of ceiling it's just really, I guess, flexible. And so that's one thing that I really love is that, like you said, too, I get to turn down people that I don't want to work with. Um, I really get to focus on the clients that excite me. And mm -hmm. each time I get more work, I actually get compensated for it compared to being on a capped salary where you may get a boatload of extra work and no change for it. Yeah. And in that same vein, if you want to raise your prices and only work with five clients, you can do that too. You don't have to work with you know, a ton of clients and you don't have to work with a tiny amount of clients. You can pick where, what you want to work with, but you just kind of have to adjust your price to reflect that so that you're still making a decent amount from, you know, those five clients or, or if you decide you want to do 20, you know, so. Exactly. 
Um, so what is your favorite tool that you use in your business? Like your all time favorite, you couldn't live without, I know we kind of talked a little bit about viral tag and IFTTT and then also, um, your 17 hats. hats. I was like, what is that called? I knew what it's called. So are there any other ones that are just like, you're like, I can't live without this tool. I mean, it can even be something like a planner or like a project management tool or something like that. Yeah, I really love Trello. Uh Um, So I use Trello to organize my to-do list and everything. And so I guess I'm kind of like adamant about it because I know that my CRM can really organize a to-do list for me too. But I just love Trello because it's so, I guess, aesthetically pleasing to see everything laid out and like color-coded and everything that I kind of have even a week's glance of what I need to do. So I love that. And honestly, I love a good pen and piece of paper and just kind of writing and brain dumping everything there. Um, I find that I work best when I write my ideas down on a piece of paper and hash it out and then translate that into a digital copy. Mm -hmm. Um, So I always, I literally have like probably 5,000 notebooks on my (laughs) desk. I always have one within reach to use. Yeah, no, I completely agree with the pen and paper thing. And I think it helps you remember things too, because you're, you know, you're writing it down once and then you put it in your digital software that you use. And then, you know, it helps you remember because you're writing it down essentially two times because you, you know, first you wrote it and then you put it on your digital software. And I feel like writing just helps me retain the information better. Like I just remember it and I'm like, okay, cool. I really need to do this. If I just type it on Asana or on Wonderlist or something like that, then and I only did it one time, I didn't actually write it down on a physical sheet of paper, I don't remember it as well because it's like, it's not ingrained in my brain because I didn't actually like, you know, go and write each letter of the word. (laughs) Exactly. I'm the same way. (laughs) I'm glad I'm not the only one. And there's actually a study that says like, writing on paper actually helps you retain information better, um, which I found was really interesting because I felt that way, but I wasn't sure if that was like just me or a small portion of the population or if that's actually like a better way to learn. I remember in college, I'd write all my notes handwritten and then I would type them on my computer. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, I think that was really interesting. And I was like, well, I guess it's not just me. I guess like most people do learn better that way. They just don't prefer it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And then lastly, who is your go-to business resource? Like the person that you just go to when you need inspiration or just like, you know, you feel like they're really killing it and you're just always inspired by what they're doing um, and things like that. And this doesn't have to be like a huge um, entrepreneur or anything. It can be someone local if that's who you choose as well. So I would say it's probably my best friend, Liz Teresa. She is a web designer and copywriter, but we actually met through a Boston businesswoman Facebook group that -hmm. we're a part of, which is actually where a lot of those Boston women you were talking about earlier came from. Okay. Um, So we met uh, probably a year and a half ago, November 2016. It was like literally two months after I started my business. She became one of my first clients. And then from there, we just became like, instant best friends. <laughs> so I'm actually really lucky that we became such good friends and that we live so closely because she lives about 45 minutes from me. So I'm able to drive to her office whenever I want and we can just have a day of working together. And of course, going out to lunch and shopping, <laughs> we save some time for that. But she's been really great because she is like 10 years older than me, but mm-hmm. I feel like we're like the same exact age, but because she's older than me, she has a lot more experience. So if I'm mm-hmm. going through a situation where I just have no idea what I could do, she has kind of that, 
Um, she has more experience in that sense where she's most likely been through the same exact thing with her clients or her mm-hmm. business situation. So it's like, I'm just able to get so much more advice from her and it's stuff that she's actually experienced too. So anytime I need like a shoulder to cry on or if I have something exciting to talk about, she's the first person I text. So it's really great to have that relationship with her. Yeah, no, she's actually on the podcast. I can't remember what episode it was, but we talked about sales pages, like writing copy for sales pages. And that was actually one of my most popular episodes because I guess people really struggle with that like I do. So people really, really (laughs) ate that episode up because it has the most downloads out of everything at this point. But yeah, I know it was a really good episode. So if you guys haven't listened to that one, go check it out. Um, I'll link it in the show notes because like I said right now, I can't remember exactly which one it was. But yeah, um, go check that out. But yeah, she's really cool. And it's cool that you get get to kind of have that person who has more experience than you, but you feel like you still connect. It's not like someone who's like 10 years older than you and also further in business. And then it's just a total disconnect. I feel like sometimes with those bigger online entrepreneurs, it's like you can look up to them for inspiration, but at the same time you can be like, Hey, and write them a long email about like asking for advice because that would be creepy and weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So finding her was just so great. And especially because we're in complementary industries. So we're constantly referring people back to each other, which Mm -hmm. is really great because not only do we have like a friendship. We have a really great business relationship. So I'm constantly referring people to her for web design and developing and copywriting. And she's referring her current clients to me for social media. So it's just really beneficial. And that's what I really love is that um, just finding even like in general, just find someone who you can have a two way street relationship with. So you can both equally give back to each other instead of just one person putting in all the effort. But that kind of relates to the fact that you need a support system to have a business. So I'm thankful to have the one that I have. Yeah. And even if it's just like one or two business friends that you connect with, just having those people in your corner are really important because they can support you through your ups and your downs in your business. And they kind of know what you're going through. I mean, of course your like regular friends are sympathetic and stuff, but since they haven't actually gone through it, it's harder for yeah. them to kind of like, <laughs> really understand where you're coming from. Like I remember a long time ago, I was talking to my best friend who's a lawyer. (laughs) She was, I was telling her like I had lost a client and I was kind of upset about it. But at the same time, it's like, it was kind of bittersweet because I was like, well, you know, um, they were kind of a hassle anyway, but at that time I wasn't making as much money. So every little cent counted. (laughs) So she was just like, Oh, you know, I'm sorry, but there will be other people. And you know, like that's good to hear. But at the same time, like I wanted someone who was like, yeah, I've been through that before. And you know, that, you know, wasn't just encouraging, but they also like kind of went through a similar experience. And like most of my business friends at this point, they have had at least one client that ended up not working out and they ended up like leaving or something. And when they were still like in that startup phase where they were pretty much relying on every single client to pay the bills. So yeah, it was just, you know, it's interesting to see people who are not in businesses perspective because they don't really get it because they're not in the trenches with you. Yeah, exactly. And it's so funny because one of the reasons why I wake up so early is because I literally feel like there should be like 72 hours in a day, not just 24. Um, Because entrepreneurs, there's this quote that I found once and I, it's probably my favorite quote to date. It's something like entrepreneurs will work 80 hours a week to avoid working 40 hours a week, which is so true. And so 
I wake up so early because I'm like, I need all the time that I can get. And my friends are like, oh, how do you wake up so early? Like I sleep till nine and I'm exhausted. I'm like, okay, you just, I don't think you understand because if you were to own a business, you would suck up any second that you had. (laughs) So my husband is actually like you, even though he's in the corporate world. Um, he wakes up really early to go to the gym and gets to work early and that's just him. But, and then he works like long days for his work just cause that's just how the schedule works for him. But it's so funny to like meet people like that. I'm actually the opposite. So I wake up around eight, but I work until like 10, give or take. So mm-hmm. I have kind of an opposite, opposite schedule. I still work a lot, but it's just not, for me, I know the morning I'm groggy and grouchy. <laughs> I'd rather not like work with people. I mean, if I did work over, wake up early, I could like function, but I definitely would not have like strategy calls with clients because then they'd want to fire me. <laughs> but yeah, I just kind of like played to my strengths. Like I know the afternoon and honestly the midnight hour is like the most productive for me, which is insane. Cause last night I was like powering through like tasks from like that are we're supposed to be done today and tomorrow. Yes, like last night, because I was just had that like inspiration kick. <laughs> I was like pulling them over to my asana to like yesterday um, from other days. And I'm like, wow, look how much I finished today. But it was just like one of those days that the inspiration was just like going like crazy. So I was up till 2 a.m. working, which isn't normal. I usually stop around 10, but it was just one of those days where it was like, okay, well, I'm still, I still have energy. Let me just keep powering through mm. you know, tomorrow and Friday will be less stressful. Exactly. And that's the best part about entrepreneurship. Kind of like the question you asked earlier is the fact that like you can really work anytime that you want. It's just taking those random bursts of motivation and using them. Like I'm the same exact way. I actually go to bed pretty early. Well, Okay, I used to. Now I go to bed probably by 10 or 11. But um, if I get that motivation to just start banging out work, I do it. Because now, since it's a long weekend, tomorrow you'll be like totally free to do whatever. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, that's, that's just how I feel. Because then I, I knocked out both today and tomorrow. I took off like five tasks from each. So I'm like five tasks less for both days. I mean, I still have stuff to do each day, of course. But it's like five tasks less. So it's just is a big like relief that I don't have to potentially work this weekend. Cause at this point I still usually work on Sundays, not Saturdays, just Sundays because I at least need to give myself one day off per week. But mm-hmm. at this point, yeah, I'm still like working on Sundays most of the time. So, you know, maybe I won't even have to work on Sunday. So that would be yeah, really, that'd really be nice. awesome. <laughs> so tell everyone where we can find you. You can leave your website. Um, I'll also link to your dash, dash of visibility sign up. Sorry, I cannot pronounce that word today. I don't know what's going on. Um, and I'll also link to your social channels. So just tell us your like your favorite channels that we can find you at, basically. Sure. So my website is dashofsocial.com and you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at dashofsocial. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being guests. I really enjoyed chatting with you today. Thank you for having me, Jenny. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find all the details from the episode by going to www.savvysocialhour.com slash episode 53. Make sure to join the Savvy Social Media Babes community Facebook group for daily prompts, updates on the podcast, and so much more. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. You can find us on the web at www.savvysocialhour.com. 
Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Savvy Social Hour and like our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash Savvy Social Hour. New episodes will be released every single Tuesday and Thursday. See you next time.